What will we find in today's Thursday thrillers here on the Mutual Audio Network? A few baffling mysteries? Perhaps a touch of murder? Let's find out. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. The Hawk Chronicles follow the adventures of Detective Kate Hawk, who went from a Baltimore police detective to intergalactic investigator, from fighting crime on the streets to crime in the stars. And now, episode 141, Parting Ways. Kelly, Dad, in here. Wow, you two got back in a hurry. Yeah, all we found lanes were open on the bridge. And besides, we couldn't wait to see what you found. Yeah, so show us. Let me bring it up here. There you go. The Charles Street Stip? Could this be another coincidence? Coincidence? How could taking a picture of the Charles Street Police Box be another coincidence? Don't tell me it's a tourist attraction. It's blue, so, yeah, it is. It resembles a time machine from a very popular science fiction show. Did you get any photos of Comic-Cons? No. I thought we exhausted her social media platforms. Well, we can't catch everything. I started going through the pages of people who commented on her Annapolis photo. This person posted a picture she took of Claire by the Charles Street Stiff. I know, it's rather compelling to find two of our stiffs with photos of her, but... Coincidence can't be ruled out. Is there a date on that? Looks like it was a couple of days prior to the Annapolis photo. Hey, guys, welcome back. Horace, so, what do you make of this new photo? I heard you mention coincidence as I was coming in. I tend to agree with you. However, when you factor in the threatening phone call and our deduction that it's not one of our feds, there might be some validity to it. Validity to what, Dad? That she might be seeking out our stips? Possibly. A longtime employee of the Maryland State Police. I don't think it matters who she works for. People do strange things. I think we're uh, overlooking a key matter here. If she's investigating our stips, why would she come to a PI? You mean run the risk of exposing her investigations of our stips? If that's what she's doing, I can see what you mean, Jim. Maybe she doesn't know what a stip is. And maybe she's a sightseer and there's some other reason she's being followed and harassed. And we're wasting our time on this line of investigation. Yeah, Horace, I I hear you. It's been kind of a long day for me. I think I'll check into Hotel Hawk Haven. All right, sweetie, get some rest and we'll hit this again in the morning. Good night, sis. So, how'd you guys do with the holiday? He pretty much followed your dad's well line of thinking. Uh, everything's circumstantial, but he'll have his audio people to see if they can clean up the tape. How did Kate hold up? Now, aside from sounding different, she was the old Kate. Did Holiday say anything? About Kate? 
Eh, no. Well, that's good, because I know she's pretty sensitive about that still. Are you going to let Jake know about this new possible stip encounter? Yeah, I shot off a text to him as soon as we got uh, Kelly's text. Wait, you let Kate drive? Why do you say that? Because I know it takes you about 15 minutes to write one sentence on that ancient flip phone of yours, so there's no way you were driving. You sure she's ready for that? Both of you know how it is with us. Leadfoot always has to drive. We're like the tortoise and the hare. I wasn't about to fight her on this one. She did fine. She might be back to work sooner than any of us thought. I hope so. Don't get me wrong. I love having her around. But after a while, she's like a caged animal. Oh, it's been a long day. Is the room I reserved ready? I think we should rename it the Barnes Loft. It's ready, Jim. You still thinking about fishing in the morning? Yeah, I want to lure in a big old rock with one of those new Buckeyes you got. 5 a.m. breakfast sound good? Perfect. Perfect? 5 a.m.? Breakfast and perfect? Those are not words I'd ever use in the same sentence. It's all about what floats your boat, Kelly. It's a calm, beautiful night out. What could be better for a good night's sleep? Major, have Red Battery concentrated their fire to the northwest and Blue Battery west. We'll cover the southwest. Copy that, Green leader, any activity from the east? Lay down heavy fire upon contact. If you get overwhelmed, I'll send over these IDF troops. Major Wit, you and your people cover the south. We'll go. We'll be prepared to assist Green Leader if necessary. All I see are little ones. When we were attacked last night at the Wayhouse, they were much bigger. The big ones here are deeper in the forest, and for now we'll concentrate on these smaller ones. And hope the big ones stop for an easy meal. Then we can pick them off. I believe the species you encountered on the south side of the river were a bit smaller and less armored. You mean the ones on this side have armor? Isn't that just dandy? Yes. Their kill spot is on top of their head towards the back. It's about the size of a monetary unit coin. It's really hard to hit. I think we got you covered. Jafra, you in position? Yes, sir, I am. Tony is here, covering the west approach. I'm looking northwest, and Sam has the north covered. Colonel Rada tells me that the kill spot is top rear of the head. We've got you covered. We just set two, right? Roger, one on the west approach path and one on the northwest. We'll be ready. To what? Set charges, Colonel. Sam moved the ones we set up in the magazine on the west path and another one on the northwest path. Simon has one detonator, and Sam has the other. First big one that walks over one of them will go boom. It should be injured enough for the smaller ones to attack it. If not, Joffre will take it out. Uh, that's something we deploy often, but our last two charges disappeared. We saw the mini craters when we came in, so we figured why not save them the trouble. Oh, really? You can thank us later. Sure. I have the pilot here. He can call in an airstrike if needed. That will be a last resort, Major. They use incendiary ordnance. The last thing we need is an uncontrolled fire. We'll be standing by. What do you usually do at night with these creatures? They are usually relatively quiet. Maybe one or two will try to cross into the camp. What's so different about tonight? Four groups of you arriving nearly at once. It's like staring a stinger's nest. Wait. They're starting to scatter. Cease fire! Cease fire! Something has spooked them. We see treetops moving. I think something wicked this way comes. We can concentrate all of our firepower on it if necessary. Hold off on that, Colonel. It seems to be coming straight down the western path, right into our trap. 
have the creature in sight. It's enormous. It looks like it walked straight out of crow. If it comes close enough to our set charge, we should be able to take him down. If it goes down, hold your fire. Simon and I can put it out of its misery before the raptors return. All Watchtower observers report any additional movement. I wouldn't worry too much about that. The Mercury is in geosynchronous orbit, monitoring us with infrared. Let's hope he's watching. Fascinating. Is that all you have to say? Fascinating? Right now, I'm just an observer. I've been listening to radio chatter. Sounds like they've had their hands full. I wish we could go down there and help. We could wipe out all the creatures. I heard the colonel say that he wanted to avoid heavy fire. I can understand being in the middle of the woods, in a wooden fort. Why you'd fear a fire. Better than getting eaten alive. Yeah. Well, that's his call. Hmm, that screen does look like some sort of game. It reminds me a lot of one Rogers had. There was a square in the middle of space with a gun on each side. He had four buttons to control each gun. Spacecraft would approach randomly and you'd have to hit the craft to protect the square. Well, that sounds intellectually stimulating. It was a game to test reflex. The ships would come faster and faster until you couldn't keep up. You can never win. It's just to see how many points you could rack up. I certainly hope that this isn't that much like your game. It's just the way it looks. Like here. See that big blip on the screen? Coming in from the west? Yeah. Just like in the game. Except I can't hit a button and shoot it. Shouldn't you warn them? I've been listening to their radio chatter. They're well aware of it. Look, all these smaller targets have departed for deeper woods. They're laying back waiting for the big one to do his thing. Then put them on a speaker. I want to hear what's going on. down the path. When it reaches that pile of rocks, detonate the charge. You're right. From up here, it does look like a game. Hopefully this is one they can win. Wow, that white flash. I suppose they got him. Simon, this is Nate. Did you take down the target? Yes, the creature came straight down the path. Jaffra is finishing the job now. You better be ready. The cluster of small ones has stopped the retreat and they're slowly moving back towards you. Thank you, Nate. We'll be ready. Those smaller ones appear to be gathering together. Being small and fast, I gather they hunt in packs. They're probably organizing for the hunt. Uh-oh. Check out the eastern zone. It looks like another group is approaching. To everyone monitoring, the western group is organizing and moving towards you. We've just picked up another group moving in from the east. Any large targets? They all appear to be small. Are highly territorial. They will fight each other for the carcass. The winner gets a good meal, and the losers will retreat into the woods. The best news is that we won't have to deal with a lot of rotting carcasses. Attention to all our IDF guests. Do not engage the creatures. They will leave on their own accord. I'm hoping the Eastern Horde wins this dispute. Why is that? Because we are supposed to land right about here tomorrow for pickup. I see. So if the east winds, they'll have full bellies and shouldn't be too much of a bother. Even though they hide during the day, I'd feel much better if they were asleep with big bellies. Speaking of which, I'll watch what's going on here. Why don't you get some shut-eye? That sounds like a good idea. But don't you dare say another word about a big belly. My mama didn't raise a fool. It's been a long time since I've reflected on work. I've been laid up so long, I almost forgot what it was like to work. Or, as Jim puts it, get back in the saddle. I have to admit, as small as this case seems to be, 
I can feel that push for the truth. I know Jim was probably hoping for something a little different for a first case, but he seems determined to treat it as if it really was a case of national security. It's been a while since we worked together, and as an added bonus, Kelly and Dad are both helping. I got a really good night's sleep. By the time I got up, Jim and Dad had already returned from their early morning fishing trip. There she is. Hey, sleeping beauty. Give me a break. It's only 7.30 in the morning. What time did you two leave? Uh, I was casting my first line about 5.45. Well, did you catch anything? Supper. A nice rock that will feed all of us and about a half a bushel of crabs to go with it. Okay. Now I'm remembering what I missed about being home. Oh, you talking about me, sis? I was talking about grilled rockfish and steamed crabs. Well, that's disappointing. I'm sure your sister missed you, Kelly. Now, if you good people would excuse me, I need to get these crabs ready for steaming and clean the fish. All right, Daddy. You did get some more Old Bay. Yes, Kelly. I'm not going to steam crabs without Old Bay. Well, good, because there'd be no sense in steaming them without it. You two still go on like this? We're both too stubborn to change. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. So, Claire Wilson and what she saw. Where do we go from here? Back to Claire Wilson. You need to confront her about these photos. I agree. We need to take the guesswork out of why she took these pictures. And as far as I can remember, they just want to debrief her on what she saw. That's correct. Which really bothers me. Why is that? Because it sounds like a trap. Why disguise your voice and say we just wanted to debrief you on something you saw? Which was a matter of national security. Right. I think the logical procedure, since she works with law enforcement, would be for them to contact her supervisor and arrange for an interview right there at the state police headquarters. You know, I'm beginning to think a cat up a tree might have been a better first case. We'll get this. I mean, how hard could it be? On the tape, the caller says something like, I know you've contacted Jim Barnes. Tell him to back off or we'll end his business. I believe the phrase used was deep six. Either these people have done some extensive surveillance and background checking, or they know you. Funny. Yeah, I had a funny feeling in my gut when he said that. Well, you were usually right when you got that feeling. Uh, you were too. So, uh... Did you have any kind of feeling about the tape? Initially, I sensed that he was definitely not from the intelligence community. His recording was like a poorly produced TV crime show. Hopefully, the agency can clean up the tape and make it sound more normal. I mean, the way it is now, it could very well be an altered female voice. I think we can rule out a feminine voice. Really? Why is that? Well, because it got right to the point and then go on and on and on. Oh, Jim, you're terrible. You want me to smack him, or do you want to? I think we both should. Line 18, Section 3 Bravo. Switch ASB to default and reset. ASB to default and resetting. Green light. Roger that. Green light. WCS upgrade is complete. George, notify ground WCS upgrade completed. I have notified ground control that WCS is complete and fully functional. All that so we can flush the toilet. 
You gotta love space, Commander. You've gotta have these things. After all, we're out here in a void of space in a tin can. Commander, you do realize that the BSS is made from a special alloy and not tin. Well, that's good to know, George. I'll sleep much better during my sleep cycle. If you like, Commander Sims, I can play relaxing music that uses certain frequency sound waves that promote relaxation. Thank you. I'll let you know if I need them. Sir, an update on Titan just came through. Looks like the latest is all four factions arrived and Wit was successful in establishing a report with the mercenary camp. <laughs> that surprises me. I would have thought they would have been fighting their way through. But any word on the status of Wi-Fi and Lister? Apparently, uh, neither one was able to garner any support from the former Rage Fighters. In fact, the camp commander detained them and their party. It says they're preparing for an evening of fighting off river monsters. Given the time delay, that should be over by now. It would be early morning on Titan 3 right now. Hmm, early morning. I kind of miss the sunrise. What? You don't like our red dwarf sun? Baltivar's a tidal locked planet. The sun never rises or sets. It's just one long, continuous day. Lieutenant Andrews, if you like, I can simulate a sunrise or a sunset in the crew lounge. No thanks, Robo-4. I don't think I'm quite there yet. I just got on this bucket of bolts. Bucket of bolts? I take it that this phrase is an idiom for the space station itself. I will annotate that in my growing database. You know, we're looking at the possibility of two cargo ships and a bat docking here at the same time for inspection. And I wouldn't be surprised if headquarters didn't send up a shuttle for Lister and Wi-Fi and their crew. Are there enough nodes on the space station to accommodate everyone? If I may, yes. There are two cargo docking modules and one small service module. A fourth is available if we jettison the escape pod. Which means there's only three available. If push comes to shove, I believe that both the Mercury and the Ulysses have docking stations. I have no reports confirming that the scenario you are discussing currently exists. It's called preparing for the worst, George. We need to have contingency plans in place. I will run all possible scenarios and make plans accordingly. Thank you, George. So, what kind of odds do you give Wit to bring back Wi-Fi and Lister? He has his top people with him, plus the bounty hunter Jaffra, along with Simon and Sam. So, yeah, I think the odds are pretty good. If you like, I can do a statistical analysis and run a probability. Not necessary, George. We're speculating. With Wi-Fi and Lister out of the way, this could spell the end for Rage. I'll believe that when it happens. We thought they were done after the Galactic War. That's true. There are a lot who dislike the Federation. There's always a few who oppose any authority. The problem is that they would need a strong, charismatic leader to organize them. Yeah, it's too bad I'm busy. Besides, Rage is scattered all over the galaxy. <laughs> well, I guess that's a good thing for you. Commander, the controller on open channel. Monitor 1. Sir, Sims and Andrews here. Commander, Lieutenant Andrews, I trust you're acclimating to the station? Yes, sir. Thank you for asking. Commander, I'm calling to make sure that the station is ready for receiving a full capacity of ships. Yes, sir. We can accommodate both the Ulysses and the Mercury. We have one cargo docking port. If there are more, I'm sure we can arrange for them to dock with one of the cargo ships. My biggest concern is the transfer of prisoners. There could be as many as six. If you could coordinate with our agents to pull off all the detainees onto one ship, I think we could facilitate the transfer much better. I'll see what kind of confinement facilities are on board the cargo ships. I will contact you once the details are known to me. Your other guests will be there only long enough to clear customs and quarantine. That is all. Well, it looks like we'll have company soon. Better go do some house cleaning.
Good morning, Colonel. Well, Major Witt, I see you survived the night. Yes, that was quite a battle. Your men are quite adapted to conventional warfare. As are our women. You know, when I first saw that large excavator, I thought it was to maintain your moat. But with all the carcasses out there, I have a feeling you have a large pet cemetery. Pet cemetery? Let me assure you, Major, these creatures do not make good pets. They do, however, make good fertilizer. It's also best to bury the remains away from the camp to avoid scavengers and, of course, the unfortunate aroma. I didn't even consider that. I take it that you and your crew, along with your prisoners, will be departing this morning? Yes. I've directed Captain Nate to deorbit and land in the opening to the east. We'll board the Mercury and be out of your hair. The lieutenant will drive us out in the all-terrain, and then he'll return it to here. He's not going with you? No. He said there's nothing for him beyond your camp. He would like to stay, along with his three fighter pilots. We'd love to have them. Uh, what about the three fighters? They will tie down at the Tyrannus port. An IDF team will come to decommission the fighters. You'll be able to eventually use them for cargo transport. That will make things so much easier. And what of the all-terrain? That belongs to Brady at the trading post. This brings up a problem for you. Brady is very pro-rage, and so is this Colonel Zandu. You leave them to me, Major. They won't be a problem. Ah, Major Dunn. Are all the detainees ready for transport? Sir, I don't know if this is a problem or a solution. What are you going on about, Major? Sometime before dawn, Zokar and Sprague escaped camp and went into the jungle. On foot. Has Wi-Fi sealed his own fate? Is this the end of rage? Will Barnes confront Claire about her photos? And will Holiday's text be able to salvage the recordings? Find out the answers to these questions and more in the next episode of the Hawk Chronicles, A Farewell to Titan. Hi, my name is Tracy Babian, co-author of the Carlson Chronicles podcast. My husband, J.A. Babian, the main author, had a triple stroke in the latter part of August of this year. Jerry was lifelighted to Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a brain bleed that the doctors thought they were going to have to do surgery on him, which surely would have killed him. Thank the Lord they didn't. He survived that brain bleed and swelling, but he is in need of so much for his recovery. I have started a GoFundMe to help with all the costs that I just don't have. I retired back in April of this year so that I could take care of Jerry, as he was starting to show signs then that I just didn't catch. Little did I know this would be a blessing in disguise. He is fighting this setback of memory loss and 75% use of his right leg, arm, along with his cognitive speech. Considering the doctor said he would not make it, I consider him to be a miracle. Medicare has only granted 12 visits of physical and speech therapy twice a week. He needs at least six months worth of speech therapy alone. That is a total of $4,000 we need to pay up front that I just don't have. So far, we have had $775 in donations of the $10,000 we need come in. Please donate today so that he can get his needed medication, therapy, and also help pay bills that Medicare just will not cover, even if it's only $5. I update this account so folks can see his progress. You can go to my Facebook account, Tracy Babian VO, to find the pinned link with the title Jerry Babian Stroke Victim Needs. Jerry says, thank you. I still have a lot to write on my stories that I want to get done. Please help me to achieve that goal. 
Thank you in advance for your donation. Tracy Babian